Hi friends and welcome to episode 001, I think that shows our ambition for this podcast, of Mastication Nation. The podcast that brings you everything that is wonderful about food without ejaculating truffle oil all over it. Uh, with me as always is Will Hunter, no relation. Uh, <laughs> that's a lie. Will's my brother, my youngest brother. Will, how are you? I am great. How are you doing? I'm good. What, uh, most important question of the day, what are you drinking? Uh, in a typical foodie manner, I'm drinking Diet Coke. So that's, uh, you know, something that always gets my taste buds going. <laughs> Diet Coke. Nothing wrong with Diet Coke. Anybody who knows anything about me knows that I have an unhealthy relationship with that particular beverage. I'm drinking a rather fruity Rioja because where I am, it's eight o'clock at night and that's not a problem drinker. But you're not where I am. I'm in England, and it's raining sideways. Where are you? I am in the center of the gourmet ghetto in Berkeley, California. Uh, see, that's a much better place to be than I am. I am in rural England, where I have four Chinese takeaways, a fish and chip shop, and a rather sketchy kebab joint. So my culinary opportunities are slightly less broad than yours are. But what we want to do on this podcast is to talk about food, which we're both passionate about. There's three brothers. Will is by far the most sophisticated when it comes to food. I enjoy food. Our middle brother is gastronomically retarded. But he does like food, so we'll give him that. What we want to do is talk about food that we're passionate about uh, without kind of overcomplicating it, over-intellectualizing it, and just, just have some fun with it, really. And we're going to pick a different food or food topic every week in alphabetical order until we get bored of you or you get bored of us. And we thought, being the scholars of academia that we are, that we would start at the beginning with ah, ah. I have children. Can you tell that? <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, uh, anteater isn't really where we want to be starting. So much, something actually edible this time. Yeah, yeah exactly. The well, aardvark, I, sorry. I, I, the, yeah. Uh, can you eat aardvark? I'm sure, they, I'm sure they do in South America. You know, the whole rodent mentality down there is a little bit more... Is aardvark a rodent? I, I, I need to I, get my six-year-old here to tell you that an aardvark is, is not a rodent. Really? I guess it's probably just a, a small mammal rather than a, <laughs> a, a large... Uh, I mean, rodents and mammals as well, but you know what I mean. So, so if we're not doing aardvark, what are we doing? We are doing the alligator pear, otherwise known as the avocado. So uh, I thought you were messing with me when we were putting this episode together when you're like, ah, okay, well, I suggested arugula, avocado, asparagus, American cheese, and you said, ah, oh, we could do the alligator pear. Yeah. And I was like, you, you, you've got to stop making these things up because it's, it's not cool. I'm trying to actually be serious here. And you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so educate us. What's an alligator pear? Why is it an alligator pear? So, you know, most people know what an avocado is, but, um, you know, when the Europeans first came to South America or Central America and saw this uh, weird looking berry, it is technically a berry, um, we know it as a fruit and some people, you know, misname it as a, as a, as a vegetable, um, the locals um, in the Central American dialect had this, this fruit called uh, aquahala. I'm not going to be able to pronounce that right. And uh, they Europeans really struggled with that, and so they're like, oh, well, it looks like an alligator, the skin, so let's call it an alligator pear. The uh, actual term, um, aquahala, or however, however you do pronounce it, roughly translates to testicles. And so if you've, <laughs> No way. Yeah, it does. So if you've ever seen, like, two avocados growing... Um, 
you know, side by side, um, they do look like a healthy pair of plums. So uh, the uh, that's amazing. Yeah, and actually, I'm never have... going to look at an avocado the same way, or a testicle for that matter. Well, and the 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 not the euphemism, but the metaphor goes even further, considering that there is a single nut inside of each one. So you know, it really goes to that next step. Uh, we have an avocado, but but, but is it is it is it a fruit because it has a nut? Or is it a berry because it has a nut? Why is it not a vegetable? Well, it's, a, it's not a vegetable uh, because it's a tree that brings forth a fruit. And the fruit is the avocado fruit. But technically, botanically speaking, it is a berry because it is a – rather than um, – I believe that the, the actual definition is uh, lots of seeds versus one seed. Um, and there's only one uh, seed – Inside it, we call it, uh, you know, the nut, but it's actually one big seed uh, that you guys have to try and get out when you cut it open, um, which is also a dangerous proposition. Yeah, I've been known to stab myself through the hand several times when opening avocados. My wife is very adept at it, though. I, I, I She manages to scoop it all out in one go, but I think we're getting ahead of ourselves here. So avocados grow on trees. They look like gigantic green <laughs> testicles. Yep. We've we've established that that so far. Why did we choose avocados for this show? Are you a fan of avocados? I, I am. And also, um, I know this is more of a thing in the Western Hemisphere than it is in, in, in Great Britain and Europe. Um, but uh, we are T-minus three days away from Cinco de Mayo. Ah, um, of course. Which, uh, obviously, you know, the Mexican influence in, in California where I am is absolutely massive. And so, avocado such, plays such a huge part, uh, you know, part in uh in mexican cooking and in south american qu- cooking in general so uh it was timely as well as alphabetically correct <laughs> perfect you said that you know that, that there's a lot of them in california but where do they actually come from they're, they're, where are they grown uh, i mean about 45 percent of them are grown in mexico or the world's produce however you know being american-centric that the, you know we can often be about 95 percent of them actually come from for the whole of america come from southern california so we generally get most of ours from southern california and and i'll tell you real quick why that is um have you heard the term Haas avocado it's a, it's a variety of it yes and that generally i mean i uh, the only ones i've seen in the store are Haas and other and the Haas ones <laughs> just seem seem to be generally better but i well, actually don't know yeah. what the story is there I mean, they're named after a guy um, in California, uh, roughly at the turn of the last century. He had a avocado tree, and basically all modern avocados in the U.S. come from that single oh, one he tree. Oh, he was the postal worker, wasn't he? Uh, he yeah, was I believe so. the postal worker yeah. who hired a guy to – he got these seeds, and he hired the guy to to graft them together. Correct. It's and, your, and patented the, 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 the result, which was the Haas avocado. I believe it's, it's you know, one of the most successful um, and um, pervasive, if that's not a negative word, examples of um, grafting and, uh, you know, a dominant uh, varietal coming out. And, you know, everyone knows avocados as Haas. I think I couldn't even probably tell you the difference between any other variety varieties, but I know what a Haas avocado looks like. Yeah, they're definitely they're they're a darker green color or more vi- vibrant green. They're definitely they they're visually more attractive. I don't know how that is, but they are. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess again, you know, it's what we've—it's the media telling us what a good avocado should look like. It's that—it's that Haas money that they've—they've been telling us what to what what a good avocado looks like for the last 50, 60, 70 years. Well, here's the thing: you talk about that Haas money. He only made five thousand bucks in royalties over the life of the patent on that avocado. Really? It, yeah. So that's seventeen years worth of patents. He made five thousand bucks, and even in old timey nineteen twenties money, that's not a whole lot for something that's basically revolutionized a particular variety of of fruit berry vegetable yeah testicle whatever you want to call it and i mean i mean it's interesting because um you know avocado has been such a central part of this part of the world for for such a long time but you know maybe you can talk about you know the fact that Mexican food, or just avocados in general in England, have just uh, have had a um, uh, sort of a standoffish relationship until recently. I mean, I don't remember when I was living in England. I don't remember too much in the way of people uh, ordering avocado salads at your local uh, cafe or something yeah. like that. Well, I think I think Mexican food in general was the vessel on which avocados' wonderfulness was delivered to most of us. But it's because of the the healthy eating. Not fad. That's not fair revolution trend i don't know whatever you want to call it generally in 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 the uk western europe and in the world avocados have not needed mexican food to propel them into popular eating hippie hipster mm-hmm. culture and even that's not fair everybody does it and what we have here in the uk is less mexican food and i think we'll we'll talk about that at length in in our in our mexican food themed episodes but it's hard to get a reasonable Mexican dish in the UK. But what you can get a load of is avocado dishes. So avocado salads that come with like a grilled chicken breast and quinoa. That's basically in every bistro in the country. But more importantly, and perhaps more contentiously, avocado toast is yes. slipping everywhere. And Bourdain was on Kimmel? Recently, one of the late night shows, and uh, they did a little aside with him saying, talk about these various trends and truffle oil, obviously, he's not a fan of Kobe sliders, not a fan of, and they put avocado toast with him. I didn't know avocado toast was so offensive. Is that because it's kind of cliched? Do you like it? No, I mean, I have a problem, like my best way, and I know maybe we're skipping around a bit here, but my best way to enjoy avocado is it in you know not mashed up not i mean it has a nice texture to it to begin with it's very creamy and smoothie smooth anyway um and so the idea of you know a piece of being in san francisco or the bay area a um dry piece of rye bread or or you know spelt or whatever hell they're putting in their bread these days with what looks like sneeze on it um doesn't really (laughs) you know do much for me and so, you know, it's a texture thing for me. I'd much rather them cut up, you know, some nice slices of avocado and a little bit of onion and a little bit of pepper, salt, whatever else you want to put on there. Um, but I think the backlash is that it has become a staple of the hipster brunch. Um, so See, I, don't, I, we, I don't think we have that as much here. I mean, of course, we have hipster brunch, but it's not nearly as uh, as common as it is in in the Bay Area, I think, which is sort of ground zero for hipster for brunch in general. You you guys have have it's a weather thing. Nobody, no, nobody wants to sit outside. That's true. Where no it's raining sideways. Out. Exactly. Yeah. But you know. but I think you know I like avocado toast, and for me, I think the texture is what does it. So if you have a really great piece of sourdough toast, some some butter, 
some not completely destroyed and mashed, still retaining some of that creamy texture that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, avocado mixed with maybe some sea salt and mm-hmm. and chilies. I think that that's a great way to start your British day. But here's the thing. When you go to our local grocery chains, be it a Tesco or a, a Waitrose or a Sainsbury's or whatever, our our avocados come from everywhere except Mexico and California. Where are they coming? They come they came from, from Chile, Colombia, Israel, Kenya, Morocco, Peru, South Africa, Spain, Swaziland, Tanzania, Zimbabwe. Well, I mean, a couple of those are very, very large producers, but as you know, and, and maybe we'll get into this in, in a separate episode, sort of um, food politics a little bit. But, um, you know, the way that it works is that America's NAFTA agreements and trade agreements are always going to be heavy on Mexico and heavy on on what's growing internally. Um, so that's where we get most of our food from. So it makes sense. Yeah, it that makes sense. And you're going to want to ship it as, as, as short of a distance as short possible. Short of distance as, well. as possible. But yeah. we don't have that luxury in the UK because just – Nothing because grows. Of our, nothing, well, I mean, a few things grow here, but if you want things like avocados, you're going to have to go a little bit further afield. But I think, uh, you know, we what I've found with the the avocados that we get in in the supermarket is they can be really hit and miss. Sometimes they are phenomenal and they taste great. Other other times, they taste like nothing, and it's it's pretty frustrating. And like if you look at a waitrose which if you're not in the uk is more of a higher end more like a whole foods but not quite as good they come from brazil and spain as well so it's come they're coming from from all over the place but what's super interesting is that their Haas avocados come from from greece oh really yeah uh so i guess the Haas thing is 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 has left California and is now a uh, is, is now a global thing, but I I like a- avocado toast. I had no idea there was such a such a backlash. I think I think you know, and maybe I'm I'm getting on my anti hipster uh, high horse, which is in some ways as as much of a hipster as anybody else. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it, 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 I think it's the same reaction. It, it is the breakfast equivalent of a cupcake um you know it's it's in that sort of you know you 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 mentioned hipster food and uh cupcake will be at the top and then and then probably avocado toast and then some wait the cupcake is a is a thing like for breakfast for brunch no 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 just in general as a food item that is associated with a hipster you know oh, i was gonna say because i think cupcakes for breakfast sounds amazing i think um i you know that's that's what you see the the broadest application of guacamole here in the UK, but obviously in the greater United States or North America, it is of course the primary ingredient of guacamole, which is one of the things that they had in the Garden of Eden, because it is basically a perfect food. Yeah, I I don't know if if this I mean maybe this will come more popular in England, uh, but you know I'll go to parties and and the only things that my non cooking friends uh, will put out is avocado is guacamole and it will be the best thing you've ever put in your mouth and I don't know why but people like you know it's something that whole it, it is a great um, vessel for different flavors and the ability to have different textures in there adding you know peppers and uh, chili uh, and onions and and you know there are there are the classic recipe which basically is you know mashed avocado lemon juice a little bit of salt a little bit of pepper uh, a little bit of chili uh, if you like it that way and that's pretty much it and you know then but then you can sea salt sea salt i think sea salt is really important 
Well, I mean, salt and pepper, but like, seasoning to taste is, is, a, is a you know uh, is something that you should do in Old Mellow. And basically, you know, you're running that risk of of you want it to get together and, and really blend. Um, however, you got to run that risk of it being one of the most perishable food items that you probably will have in your house, besides besides like fish. I, I would I probably would assume. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. that's a good point. I want to get talk more about guacamole because I think it's. It's something that everybody's familiar with, and it and it, it it is an amazing dish, and I think it's it's such a great showcase for guacamole as a as a food item. But there is something about avocado. Basically, as soon as you've breached the surface mm-hmm. of the of the avocado, the clock starts ticking, ticking, and you really don't have much time before it goes from this beautiful green to baby poo. <laughs> brown and mushy yeah um and i'm guessing you're a little closer to what that is than i am so yeah basically the reason is it's an enzymatic process um when the flesh of the avocado comes in contact with uh, oxygen it starts this this process of this breaking down of of certain compounds or creating some certain compounds as well uh, it's actually a defense mechanism for the fruit um you know it can it causes it to be less uh hospitable for certain bacteria and therefore won't you know won't blight as it were um the one really interesting fact is the color you know it goes brown and it's the same reason that uh you know we are humans can tan it's the same reaction it's uh, melanin in the um in the avocado that actually causes the brownness. And so, uh, you know, when you look at a piece of uh, brown fruit, I always think going tanning. <laughs> yeah. But it's, 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 un- it almost happens before your eyes, doesn't it? It's so fast. Oh, yeah. And there, there really is, you know, very, very limited time. Now, there's, uh, everybody has that, their secret for stopping it that they think is bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Are there any that, that, methods that are not anecdotal that actually do either counter it or slow it down at least well the one i want to start with is the one that absolutely does not work whatsoever and i'll tell you why and it makes sense i for some reason i've seen people put the pit or the 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 seed back into the sliced avocado or into the guacamole whatever you know they want to put it into to uh, defer the browning process that actually makes it worse because you're creating more of a surface area for the um the the process to happen under so you're actually making it worse by doing that and i don't understand how people have these old wives tales of what works when it is literally the worst possible thing for you to do and it happens so quickly you're like surely you can see that but um the 100 percent foolproof way of, of of delaying it uh is breaking down the enzymatic process basically you want to stop the enzymes from being able to turn the the, the flesh brown uh, and that's a good old ascorbic acid, um, otherwise known as vitamin C or vitamin C for those in England. Uh, you can just go to your uh, medicine cabinet and break up a, a, a vitamin C tablet and sprinkle it over your uh, over your avocado, over your guacamole. But that kind of can sometimes give a little bit of a weird aftertaste. But this is why um, lime juice, lemon juice are so pervasive in in food. Ah, has- so when you put lime juice or lemon juice in guacamole, it's not just a flavor thing. No, it's not just a flavor thing. It actually helps with shutting down the the browning um, and, and or deferring it at least. And that way, you know, it's all about surface area and mixing it in. Um, but, you know, I always try and make mine extra zesty anyway because it tastes better. But uh, it helps with the long-term effect. The, uh, the other thing I think that it's, it's worth mentioning is 
not just not just the vitamin C effect, but also putting plastic wrap uh, or I- around the the guacamole or um, oh yeah, Sorry. In, in Min- air minimizing con- air, the oxygen airtight yeah. container. But here's the thing: um, Alton Brown goes even further and says, when you finish making your guacamole, we'll talk about his recipe in a minute. That you should not just wrap the saran wrap or plastic wrap over the bowl, but you should actually push, push it down. down so it's touching the surface. So you really, there's no air between the plastic wrap and the guacamole itself. And again, this you're not stopping it; you're just delaying it. It's an inevitability. You, it's it's guacamole is the definition of ephemera. So just enjoy it quickly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Most most things in your kitchen you think are, are slowing things down, or you know when you're trying to save things, nothing stops decay. Even freezers, things can go bad. And it's beautiful. Well, that's beautiful. Nothing stops decay. There's something poetic about that. <laughs> this is this is a, this is our other our other podcast, Emo Food Weekly. <laughs> uh, but so so not only is is guacamole um, delicious, and again, I want to get back to what makes a good guacamole in a second, but it's also pretty damn good for you as well. Avocados have a, a ton of fiber, dietary fiber, the good sign keeps you regular. B vitamins, vitamin K, vitamin E, potassium, saturated fat, mon- the good fats, they are the, one of the best sources of good fat. So yes, they are high in calories, but they are extremely good for you on just about about every level. I eat a lot of them. We're lucky we get them. We can go to Costco get California uh, avocados here in the UK as well. So we we eat them. It's it's getting a little ridiculous how many avocados we eat my kids love them as well but let's go back to guacamole sure everybody knows guacamole i think everybody likes guacamole if you don't i don't want you to listen to this podcast anymore uh but but there are you know you talked about the 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 core ingredients which are of course uh avocados and seasoning mainly sea salt you put in those ingredients into a mortar mortar and pestle you grind until it's not completely a paste it's got to have some texture but everybody's got their own take on guacamole and they add things they leave things out so i'm going to give you some things and i want you to tell me if they have any business being anywhere near guacamole okay you ready yep onion uh red onion yes absolutely garlic yes absolutely uh lemon or lime juice we've covered this of course yes coriander aka cilantro Yes, that seems to be a pretty standard one um, in California these days. Um, I enjoy it, but I also enjoy mint in it. That's a bit weird. <laughs> Tomato. <laughs> uh, yes and no. I mean, I, most will have it in there, and most Mexican food will have it as a separate item as part of your dish or whatever it may be. So they usually don't put it inside the guacamole. I think that maybe the water content can potentially affect the long-term storage of it chili or cayenne pepper uh fresh not powder okay ah interesting and important uh distinction that's the word i'm looking for distinction (laughs) thank you interesting and important distinction peas no that's no (laughs) so uh that's a planted ingredient uh no pun intended because the new york times in one of the most controversial things that they've ever done, put out a recipe for guacamole that suggested the inclusion of peas. And President Barack Obama was so incensed and enraged by this that he actually tweeted. I know we're being a little desensitized by that with the current administration, but it was very out of character for him to comment on 
uh, a piece in the media, let alone a guacamole recipe. <laughs> and he said, and I quote, respect the New York Times, but not buying peas and guacamole. Onions, garlic, hot peppers, classic. And that is that is a brilliant statement from our former commander-in-chief. If I want peas, if I want mushy peas, I will get mushy peas. There's nothing wrong with it. In fact, they're great with certain foods. But I don't want peas. I don't want legumes anywhere near my... How did that become a thing? Like, what's is the rationale? A- like, is it this... They taste the same and... I want to say, no, they don't taste anything the same. Like, I, they, they look, the color you render is the same. And I think that maybe it came out of some, uh, you know, faux disbelief that uh, avocado isn't good for you and peas are a better source. And so maybe cutting the amount of good fat and replacing it with, um, you know, peas would be... So, uh, well, it, well, here's what the, t- the Times said. These were the, the, the reasons that they said. The peas add an intense sweetness. Okay. I don't know why I does that doesn't work for me, uh, and a chunky texture to the dip. Well, if you have if you've mashed your your avocado correctly, then it still should still retain the chunkiness of the original avocado, right? Yes, making yeah. it more substantial on the chip. And that's an important point we haven't mentioned mentioned the most perfect delivery device. Vector. Yeah, the vector unit. <laughs> the vector unit for guacamole is the tortilla chip. Yes, there is no other way that is acceptable socially or politically to transport guacamole from the container it is presented to you in to one's mouth. If I see you with a ruffled chip, I will knock it out of your hand. Yeah, that's just rude. I think the saltiness of the tortilla chip, I mean, we're getting a little bit kind of intellectual here with with this, but it's true. It's true. It's just, it would be weird otherwise. I just don't, let's just not even go there. I also think it's a structural thing. You know, corn chips or or tortilla chips just, you know, have more ability to hold up to a chunky uh, dip. I mean, yeah, if you got a French onion uh, dip or or any other sort of like looser uh, dip, you're going to be fine with, with a potato chip. But, you know, the hardiness of a good corn chip or a good tortilla chip is going to be able to handle, you know, a, a, a heavier cement style, you know, thickness of uh, of, uh, of, a, of a guacamole. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's not even up for debate. I, I they were savaged on Twitter for this. Um... Yeah, it's a weird one, and and not. I mean, I love the the New York Times, but I don't really go to them for my uh, my culinary research. Um, or, you know, I mean, if I saw it in Epicurious or if I saw it in Serious Eats, then maybe I would be a little bit more open to it. But um, for some reason, not. And maybe, you know, just from a practicality point of view, you limit the amount of – you lower the amount of um, uh, avocado in there and it boosts the peas, it's going to last longer for the points that we made. Peas don't turn brown. I mean, well, they do if you boil them. Yeah, like and they that's actually school. one of the things that they, that they point out at. But um, they were – savaged on twitter for this abomination it just i doesn't i don't think it needs it there is it's not adding anything to what is already an an amazing dish and the great thing about guacamole is that yes it's great by itself but you add it to tacos you add it to burritos it kind of it de-authenticates if you will if your taco and burrito experience but it also makes them taste pretty damn good as well. What one one last point on on, on guacamole purely because uh, you know we're getting into that that zone of people thinking that it's a one trick pony, but it really isn't. But one thing I will say about it when it comes to Mexican food is 
you probably if I say this to you and and I'm uh, hopefully you'll get the the reference or the the point I'm making. What is the only thing when you go to a Mexican restaurant that's extra? Well, Chipotle, but Chipotle is not a Mexican but, restaurant. But the, my point is, is that you know it is held in such high regard by those. Is that because it's expensive? Yes. Are there I mean, they are they're expensive? I mean, I make salsa at home by the gallon, and it's 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 very cheap to make. But but avocados are not that cheap. Is that no? The, is that the yeah, reason, or is. is it because people are, are are willing to pay more for guacamole, but perhaps not for salsa? I think that it's a uh, kind of a co- you know core between the two. Um, you know, Chipotle was founded by the McDonald's dude, so they know they know how to figure out how to you know do some. Um, you can tell me what it's called when you make something seem um, needlessly premium. Um, so uh, I think that the avocado is more expensive than obviously. Uh, salsa ingredients, pepper, tomatoes, etc. But anything that you can say, this is extra, um, which being such a core ingredient to Mexican food, people are going to pay for it. I think that's fair. I think it's fair. But jumping into, you know, avocados, like we've said, you know, avocado toast, um, it's fantastic in salads. It's great is, you know, I like to cut it up and put it on top of quinoa or whatever else I'm I'm doing with it. It always gives a nice flavor to things. But it's such a, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, versatile ingredient as well. Um, I had a friend of mine who uh, used to work at a bakery uh, in London, and it was a bit of a, you know, they did vegan stuff. They did, you know, um, specialty items as well. And this was probably about 10 years ago. Um, and they didn't know, they were trying to figure out a way to get that really good unctuousness into their cakes and stuff like that while still being vegan or or lacto-ovo friendly. And what I mentioned to her was that a lot of people use avocado in replacement of either butter or eggs in baked goods or both together. And, you know, the one I know that works incredibly well is using avocado whenever you're doing fr- uh, American-style frosting, um, you know, using it in Really? There. Yeah, it, and it works perfectly, and you don't get an avocado flavor at all. And if you want that funky green color, you can stick with it. Uh, but if you do anything chocolatey, you can get rid of that color pretty fast with the chocolate, with, you know, melting chocolate in a bain-marie. Wow. So are you just drowning it in sugar then to get away with that? No, 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 because the avocado has such a high fat content and not such a high ah. uh, protein content that it holds together and the fat helps it have that unctuousness. Um, and so you can use it in your in, in your um, frosting, but also actually in the cake itself. And it gives a, you know, a velvety texture. Um, you know, they put carrots in cake. I mean, and that's just awful. Um, you know, what? so Oh, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to have to have a discussion about this. The only thing I like about carrot cake is the frosting. Um, but we can get into that on a another day um but you can't well, that's our c episode <laughs> taken care of exactly um you can get you can use avocado uh in baking ingredients and you know happy to share any any recipes uh or links to that for people that are willing to give that a try um uh, here's a fun uh, you know game go to your next party and make a uh, a bunch of cupcakes and use avocado frosting and see if anybody can tell the difference without without them noting. Call them so, call them alligator cu- cupcakes or something like that. That's clever. That's very clever. Uh, I, I smell a new uh, corporate entity being born. <laughs> so it doesn't change the texture at all. It, it, I mean, a like little buttercream frosting. Yeah, that's what you're doing. It you're doing it mainly in butter buttercream cr- frosting, which um, you know is such a staple of most American cakes. And so I think that the ardent cake connoisseur might be able to tell the difference, but I think that most people without noticing would uh, without knowing wouldn't notice. Wow. 
Well, I'm going to try. I mean, people, beetroot is, is, is another one of those things that's good for that. Beetroot brownies for the, for the yeah. exact same reason. Yeah, but then you have the terrifying realization when if you eat too many of them, you think you're dying when you go to the bathroom the next day. Yes, it's it's a it's a definite bowel cancer uh, <laughs> false flag. Um, <laughs> gross. Uh, wow, I, so I'm going to try that because we, we make a lot of cakes in this house um, and we're always looking for ways to make them slightly less bad for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to try that. Cool. So, avocados. I am a huge fan, uh, but more importantly, dear listeners, are you a huge fan? We've talked about guacamole. We've talked about avocado toast, which I think is not nearly as controversial as it's being made out to sound, but I want to hear what... You think about both of them. Do you eat do you eat them? Do you have a special way of preparing them? Hit us up and let us know on twitter.com slash mastication NTN. 15 character limit for Twitter usernames. Uh, so mastication nations infinite. So it's mastication NTN. Uh, I am Cube Dweller on Twitter. Will you are uh, on Twitter, I'm at William Hunter, uh, and unfortunately on Instagram. Oh, how did you get that? I, I was like one of the f- – I, I was having this conversation with someone the other day. I was probably first eight months on Twitter. Back when you had oh, to, wow. Back when you had to text your uh, your updates from your from your flip phone. Oh, yeah. I wasn't nearly as, as early as that. Well, there you go. Will's, has got, a, Will's got a very cool one. Uh, so let us know uh, what you use avocados for, if you like them, if you don't like them. But uh, also – if you like the show, if you want to hear more, we're going to go into B at some point, hopefully in the next week or two, and just carry it on from there. But if you have ideas, if you want us to talk about certain things, if you have but suggestions, do let us know. And we are looking forward to doing this. Will, anything to add? No, I think that covers it. And uh, looking forward to hearing you guys and what your feedback is. And uh Always up for a good food food discussion on uh, Twitter. There you go. Get into an argument with Will about the correct way to prepare guacamole. Until next time, we'll see you later. 